This Bible reading is Luke chapter 15, verses 11 to 32. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am, starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him? My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Thanks to God for his word. Thank you, Kay. Hopefully that video, which was extremely well done, you'll see some of them here tonight. And the Bible reading is pricking at your conscience if you're thinking about what is life all about, and that's what we'll be reflecting on. So we'll be spending some time reflecting on that Bible reading and this topic, life, what's the point? But let's pray once again. And we'll look at this. Heavenly Father, we pray that you will be pricking at our conscience to help us see that sense of eternity you place in our heart can only be fulfilled when we come to know you. Help us, Lord, to understand even this story and what it means for us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And so what's the point of life? Is there just the one point? Are there many points? Was there no point at all? Well, I guess the answer depends on who you ask. You ask a child, if you ask one of my children, they say, well, the point is just to have fun. 
play lots of games, no school. That's a point of life. Ask a teenager. A teenager might say, well, it's to feel accepted, to feel the approval of my friends. Ask a middle-aged man, and he might say, well, it's to have some success in life, some sense of worth. Ask an older member of the community. It might be, hopefully, it's to have that sense that my life was worthy. Depends on who you ask. Ask those of different religions. A Hindu. A Hindu would say to be released from reincarnation, from the cycle of life, death, and rebirth. Ask a Buddhist. It is to follow the four noble truths, to escape the pains of this world and to reach some sense of enlightenment. Ask a Muslim. There are the five pillars of Islam. But then how do you decide? Ask a thousand people and you might get a thousand different answers. How do you decide? Well, what if you say, I don't believe there needs to be a point in life. You just make it what you will. There's no point to life at all. Well, the fact that we all and you all live and have that will to live, that will to survive, we all rather happiness and joy instead of sadness and despair. We all want to experience peace instead of chaos. We all rather have successes than failures. We all rather achieve than fail. That should at least highlight that we do believe that there is some meaning in life. Otherwise, life would not be worth living. According to the Black Dog Institute, an organization that helps with depression and those with mental health issues, they report that those who lose their will to live and become suicidal, it's often very complicated and there are always very many factors involved. But one of the big reasons is losing the sense of purpose in life. And so the fact that you are living, we are living, we are living for something shows that at least we believe that there is some meaning to life. And so the question now becomes, am I living for the right purpose? Am I living for the right one? Have I got it right when I live for my career or for my relationships or for my family? You'll hear many people talk about that. I live for my family. Is it right to live from one adventure to another, pursuing adventure after adventure? Am I living for the right purpose? Or if I'm honest, will I admit that perhaps I'm still searching? Now, whatever is going on in your life at the moment, you may be asking this question. You might not even be thinking about this question at this point. But the way you live your life even now, the way you, li you live your life will show and demonstrate whether you have found the point to life or whether you are still searching. The way you live your life now shows whether you think you found the point to life or whether you are still searching. And perhaps now more than ever, especially given the year we've had, we all want to know what is the point? What is the point of it all? And that's exactly what we see in this story Jesus tell, told. It's called a parable, which means it's an earthly story with a heavenly significance. And Jesus taught this story to teach us something about life, to teach us something about ourselves, and to also teach us something about God. 
Now, this story is famously known as the parable of the prodigal son, which I'm sure many of you have heard over and over again. But it's in fact a story about two sons, not one. Two sons. And both of them were searching for meaning and purpose in life without even knowing that. And that's because their life shows whether they've found the point of life or whether they are still searching. And so let's turn to this story. We first meet the younger brother. What was he like? Well, he's the typical younger brother. Certainly didn't seem satisfied staying at home, working on the family farm. He wanted more, more fun, more adventure, more money, more freedom, more of himself, less of rules, less of work, which shows what he thought life was about, what he thought the meaning of life was. As long as I get out of this place, I'll start enjoying life. As soon as I get my freedom, that's what life is about. You see, he was searching. And so what did he do? Well, he did the audacious thing no son should ever say to his father. He said, I want my share of the estate. Now, this is not like a son coming to his father and saying, can you give me some extra pocket money? Can you lend me some money to buy a car? Not at all. It was... Can you give me my share of the estate? Now, the only time a child gets the estate of the parents is when the parent is dead. And so do you see how senseless this fool of a son was? But what was he doing? Why would he even make that request? He was pursuing his dream. He thought he knew what the purpose of life was, and so he was pursuing that. And it makes me wonder whether that is true for so many even amongst us here. In pursuit of our dreams or the purpose we think we have in life, we leave a trail of hurt and harm and broken relationships. I mean, we've heard it enough, haven't we? There are no shortages of stories of married men in pursuit of workplace romance and leaving a trail of damaged marriage and families or the absentee father or mother pursuing career as a purpose, but leaving behind a dysfunctional family. And so here, the younger son, he was pursuing his dream, his meaning, his purpose. But perhaps even more shocking in this story was that the father agreed. I mean, a typical father might give him his son a heart's talking, maybe even a spanking. But this father, I'll sell my estate and I'll give you what is yours. And so the son went off pursuing his purpose. But he was not the only son. There was the older brother. Now, of course, he wasn't as foolish as his younger brother. Older brothers tend to be like that. Many of us are older siblings here. They are the responsible ones, the hardworking one, the obedient one. And this older brother was probably thinking, what a clown of a brother I have, but me. I'm the decent one. I'll fulfill my duty to this family. I'll carry on the family name. I'll be as a son should be. But you see, both were showing by their life choices whether they have found the point to life or whether they were still searching. 
The older brother thought, I found it. I'll stay home. I'll do my duty. The younger brother thought, I'm searching for it. I'm going out. Now, could either the younger or the older brother describe any of us? And I suspect it does. You see, whether we have our purpose in life articulated clearly or not, the way I live, the way you live, shows whether you have found it or whether you are still searching. And so what happened to the brothers? Well, the younger brother probably felt like, after he got the money from his father, probably felt like he was the king of the world. He's got the money, he's got the freedom, he doesn't need to work, has no responsibilities, and so he lives it up. You can just imagine him spending the LV and the, that's the only one I know, the Porsche, and all those expensive stuff, partying, women, wild living, and perhaps thinking, this is what life is about. This was what I've been missing all along. But then we read only in a few words. Have a look at verse 14. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. And so all that money was short-lived. His freedom turned into slavery. He thought he had life all sorted out. But where did it leave him? From living it up to now living with the pigs. I mean, his search for meaning and purpose left him empty and meaningless. Now, I wonder whether some of us might be thinking now, well, he was just a fool. I'm not like that. And perhaps that's the case. But can you be so certain that your pursuits, your dreams in life will not also lead down the same path, having so much but left feeling empty? I mean, you can be living in a $2 million home but yet feel so empty and it's just like a pig style. Having all the freedom in the world but yet feeling enslaved and trapped. Or it takes... Are just a few words. The money is gone. The relationship is broken. The marriage is over. The famine has come. There is a pandemic. According to the Australian Institute of Health and Welfare, it tracks the rates of deaths by suicide since 1907. So that's over 100 years. Now, of course, with suicides, it's always very, very sad. I, in fact, attended a funeral this year because of a suicide. Always very sad. Many, many complex factors involved. But overall, according to this study, the peaks in the number of deaths by suicide in Australia amongst men, which is higher than women, coincide with social and economic events. And so it was very high during the Great Depression of the 30s, and also high in the 80s and 90s during a period of economic uncertainty in Australia, and I suspect this year as well. What that at least shows is how fragile our purpose, our dreams are, how fragile they can be. Once the circumstances change, just like the younger brother, it is all gone, and he's left longing to eat what the pigs were eating, and there was no one else there to help. 
I mean, that should shock us. He was living it up. You would imagine him with crowds of friends who enjoyed all his money and all the wild living, but not one to help him. But what about the older brother? He thought he had it all sorted out already. His rule-keeping, living by the book, responsible, diligent, completes his tasks, stayed at home, worked on a farm. How did he end up? Well, he certainly wasn't a happy chap at the end. It didn't look like his purpose of staying home, being dutiful, fulfilled him in any way. He was left feeling discontent, dissatisfied and unhappy. I mean, how should the older brother respond when the younger brother comes home? How did he respond? Look at verse 28. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. Didn't want anything to do with his younger brother. Instead, he felt an injustice was done to him. He had been the obedient son all along, and all that was left now was meant to be his. You see, the younger son returning, the younger brother returning, was a threat to what was left. He might make a claim on some more. And so he complains to his father, and he can sense the bitterness in his heart. Look at verses 29 and 30. All these years I've been slaving away for you and, and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, notice that language, this son of yours, not my brother, your son, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home. You killed a fattened calf for him. He thought the purpose in life was to be obedient, to slave away, to be that good citizen, to be that decent person. But now it's been exposed. His purpose did not fulfill him. He too was lost, didn't satisfy and brought him no contentment at all. And I wonder whether some of us are a bit more like the older brother. We live our lives by the book. A decent human being, we pay our taxes, we raise our family, we live, we play, we work, we travel, we do the usual things. And we even go to church, we attend Bible study. It all seems all right and good. But yet, when the time comes and it gets exposed, there's no joy, no contentment, no satisfaction at all. And we're left wondering, I thought this was what life was about. I thought I had it all worked out. And we're left in a similar situation as the older brother, feeling empty and aimless. And so the younger brother, he went searching for meaning. He got his money, he's got his freedom, but was left empty and meaningless. The older brother thought he found the meaning by staying at home, but he was left empty and dejected. You see, you don't have to have your purpose in life articulated clearly, but by your life, by how you live, you show to the world, you show to those around you whether you have found it or whether you are still searching. And so is there a purpose to life at all? Is there a point? Or maybe we're just all wasting our time thinking about this. But you see, in this story, it was not just about the two sons. There was the father 
and what he did. And of course, this father is meant to be a picture of God. You see, the father provided all that the sons could possibly want or need. The problem with the younger son was that he didn't see it until he lost it. The problem with the older brother was that it was right in front of him, but he couldn't see it. And we're not talking about the stuff of the farm, the stuff of the estate, the money, the wealth. The big problem here was that both alienated themselves from their father. That was the big problem. And what God has done is to show us by this story that the world has alienated ourselves from God. You see, all that we have, all that we own, all that we are is because of God, the Father in heaven. And everything God has given us is not for us to squander. And so just like the younger brother, we could have turned our backs on God by saying, I've had enough of church. I've had enough of all this God talk. I've had enough about the Bible. And you do see that even in our culture. If you talk to anyone, maybe about 60 and above, almost every Australian in that age bracket would have gone to Sunday school when they were younger. But many no longer do. What has happened there? They've done like what the younger brother did. I've had enough of this church business. I'm leaving, I'm turning my back on God. And so many are like the younger son. I'll do life my way and I am out of here. Or we might be like the older brother. I'm here and I deserve it. God owes me. Well, both of them have alienated themselves from God. And if we are like them, we too have alienated ourselves from God. But what God longs for is for that relationship to be restored, just like in this story. And it's not until we know God as Father and to bask in His love for us, to experience His compassion for us, that we come to realize what life is all about. Drew Dyke, in his book, Yawning at Tigers, he wrote this. It's a wonderful quote, and I'll read it. People are starving for the awe of God. Most don't know it, of course. They think they're starving for success or money or excitement or acceptance, you name it. But here's the problem. Even those fortunate enough to satisfy these cravings find they are still hungry. Hungrier, even. Why? Because they've left untouched the most ancient and aching need, the one stitched into the fabric of their souls, to know and love a transcendent God. That is true of all people. And he goes on to say, I believe that once you strip away all our shallow desires and vain pursuits, it's God we're after. And not just any God, we have enough friends, we need a great and awesome God, a God worth worshipping. We thirst for transcendence and long to be loved. In the full portrayal of God found in the scripture, we find both. Our souls find satisfaction only in the God who is grand enough to worship and close enough to love. We need a home, but we also crave adventure, the greatest 
adventure is to see God. Isn't that a wonderful quote? You see, in this story, the younger brother didn't see it until he lost it. But he did come to his senses. Why do I try to do life my own way? Why did I turn my back on my father? I'm now eating amongst the pigs. And so he did come to his senses and he came back with the right attitude, not presuming upon the patience or the compassion of his father. And you can just imagine him walking down the driveway with, with the thoughts going through his mind. What shall I say to my father? And he thought it out, verse 18 and 19. Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be caught your son. Make me like one of your hired men. And he was right. He was absolutely unworthy. He forfeited any right to be in that household again. But the story gets better because do you notice what the father did? You must wonder what this father was feeling every day his youngest son was away from home. And at that last moment when he saw his son walk away from the driveway and to turn the corner and to not see him again, you just wonder what was hanging over the father's head and weighing on the father's heart. I mean, the father must have been staying up at night wondering, I wonder if my son is okay tonight. I wonder if he's had enough food to eat. I wonder whether he's got a warm bed to sleep in tonight. And we know this father was waiting for his son, and perhaps he was waiting every single day at the same time, just looking out into the distance, hoping that his son would come back. And one day, it came true. Verse 21. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. And the father didn't say, You foolish son, I told you so. Now get inside around the back gate so no one can see you. He didn't say that. He ran to him and kissed him. And he ran. Now we might not realize something unique about the the Middle Eastern culture. We run today. I started running. If you're old, you continue to run and it's fine. But in the East, it is undignified for an old man to be running. If you're a noble, dignified man of the community, you don't run. That's what kids do. Men walk with dignity. But this father, so excited to see his son at a distance, ran to him and smothered him with kisses. And it didn't even bother him that his son smelt of pigs. The long-lost son has returned and was met with the compassion and love of his father. The younger son, though lost, found his purpose. And do you notice what it was? Do you notice what that purpose was? It wasn't stuff. It wasn't to be fed again. It wasn't to fill his stomach with food that's better than what the pigs were eating. What was his greatest need? I mean, he didn't come back and say, Dad, I wasted all the money. Would you spare me some more? Instead, he recognized where the damage was done. He recognized that his need was not food, but a restored relationship with his father. And that's why he said, I'm not worthy to be called your son. 
And perhaps even as he said that, there was that inkling of hope. Maybe my dad will be merciful and will be reconciled. And that's exactly what we see. That's what the father did. Graciously gave him what he did not deserve. Placed the signal ring over him. Gave him the robe and celebrated a son who was dead but is now alive again. Who has found his purpose. You see, that is the picture that the Bible gives us of the purpose to life. To become alive again by coming home. Coming to be with our Father in heaven who loves us so. Waiting for us with compassion, with the heart that is ready to kiss us. God is giving us that. He's given us all so that we might glorify him and enjoy him forever. He wants us to come home. And that's why the older brother completely missed the point, even though he was physically home. You see, he was close to his father only geographically, but his heart was far from his father. He thought he had it all. He thought he earned it all. He thought he deserved it all, but he had nothing at all because he did not have the most precious thing. Now, we don't know how this story ended, whether he remained outside of the party or whether he came to the party. But I think that opens the question now to us, to you. What about you? Are you still searching for that purpose, for that meaning? Have you come to your senses like the younger brother? Or are you like the older brother who has heard the call of the father, come to the party, just come in? Have you found it? Have you found this? To know God. To know the one who made you for him so that you might delight in him for all eternity. To not be like the younger brother or the older brother. To know this God who would embrace you. And love you forever. To know the God who in fact sent the true older brother. The true older brother. Not like the older brother in this story. But the true older brother Jesus Christ. He sent his son Jesus to pursue us. To pursue you. And that's the story of Christmas. To show how much he really does love you. And to pursue you even with his life. And that's the story of Easter. And so do you know this God? Because that's the point of life. You were made by him and for him. Do you delight in fellowship with him? Do you know his love for you? That he would even place upon you a ring, a royal robe and call you sons and daughters. Or will you continue to alienate yourself from the God who has given you everything? Or will you find your purpose in knowing God, knowing how much he loves you, and how you can delight in him for all eternity, basking in his glorious love, and to be home? Life, what's the point? Well, that's the point. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that you did not leave us in the dark where we go wandering and searching without any aim or purpose. 
But in your dear son, Jesus Christ, the true older brother, make clear your love for us, how he pursued us from heaven to earth, through the cross, that we might come home. So we pray, Lord, for those who are listening, that you'll be pricking at their conscience to help them see if they are like the younger brother or the older brother to come home. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.